0: It's the game day tailgate show with Black and Abdallah on the new home of the
1: Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. Black and Abdallah for the next hour. We'll get you ready for the Bears pregame show with Sylvie, Lance, and Dion live inside Gato at Soldier Field. Stop on by, say hello on your way into the stadium. We'll have the Bears and the Lions kick off at noon. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer will be on the call today's game. Jason McKee will be on the sidelines. Remember, four hours of postgame coverage after the Bears win today. That's right. After a Bears win. Damn right. Four hours of postgame coverage, and we'll have Bears Monday tomorrow right here on ESPN 1000. Black and Abdallah with you for the next hour. Talking football at 312 3776 James and New Lennox, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, James? Hey, guys. I'll try to be quick.
2: If I could hit on three sports that you guys touched on as well. Go for it. Um, Eberfoos. I'm not an Eberfoos apologizer. Um, Do I think he should be fired? Probably. But I'm not so convinced that he probably shouldn't get another year as I was when they gave Nagy and Fox both one more year. Especially compounding it by drafting fields and then firing both guys and you know what I'm saying? All that turnover stuff, like yeah. if they stick with Fields and they bring Iverfu's back, you know, and he doesn't improve, it's definitely only going to be one year. Uh, diehard Cubs fan, have a Cubs tattoo. Did I yeah. want Otani? Yes. Was like hanging on everything I heard, and was it going to be a life or death thing to me? No. It would have been nice to have him. We didn't get him. It is what it is. Uh, Seven hundred mils, crazy, but. A lot of it is deferred, so, I mean, it is what it is. Last thing, uh, in-season tournament. That was the easiest money I've ever made on DraftKings with the Lakers winning because there was no way he, LeBron wasn't going to get that because that's just one more thing he can add on the resume to stack up against Jordan. Now, that being said... Damn right, James. No. If he was as good as Jordan... I would have won my other parlay with him where I hit nine out of ten legs. And the only leg I missed was he got four instead of five assists. Hmm. So he still ain't better than Jordan. He cost me 900 bucks. <laughs> so I'll hang up and listen, guys. Take care. Thank whatever. You James.
1: Yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. 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 <laughs> Thank you, James. Uh, I'd say this. Uh, if LeBron was as good as Jordan, uh, the league would not need a silly in-season tournament to get people to watch. That's fair. People watched when Jordan played. People cared when Jordan played. Well, yeah. That's because players played when Jordan played. See? Sean knows. He reads about it. Players played. <laughs> Sean didn't see Jordan play. Sean, did you ever watch Jordan play? Uh, nah. Live? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like live? Yeah. Oh, live, no. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. wish. Yeah, see? Yeah. But he knows. He's got He's got YouTube. He's done the research. He knows what's up. He understands. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what we're saying. That's Mark fine. in Lincoln Park. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Mark? Morning, boys. Getting ready for the game. Let's do it. Just about to go down.
2: Just you're... about to go down there.
0: Are you going to go to Soldier Fields? What? Yeah. What? All right. Bring a beer bong and hand it to Sylvie.
1: Make yeah, him do it every bong week. To the... You know,
2: I'm the only one that can get in and out of that that tailgate lot in 12 minutes, Adam. <laughs> um, Eastfield Museum lot and tickets are on the North, northeast goal line. It's perfect. Nice. Um, oh. I'm the only one in, in America that doesn't want him to go to Army tonight. Um, hey, did you bet the under on Army yesterday?
0: I did. I bet the first quarter under six and a half, which hit, and then I had twenty eight, which pushed. He killed you then. Which put? No, okay, so it's a push. So I didn't lose any money, but I had twenty eight and a half. Okay, well then there you go. You you cashed then, which is good. So. if you didn't watch the end of the Army-Navy game... <laughs> I did. Basically, well, did. I'm telling for the people that no, didn't, you Mark, see, Mark filling yeah, I'm, everyone I'm filling else in the in. listeners in. Yeah. There's not just the three of us here on the phone. is uh, <laughs> really like, like trying to point. be a
1: radio professional yes, right now. I but, yes. So he's trying to include the other people yeah, listening yeah, you at think, the I, moment. I, I didn't yeah. call
0: Chris and then clicked, click dial, <laughs> click you, and then a click dial, click back for Chris. And Boy, That's a very unsequent reference that I'm sure producers don't get. But if you're watching the Army-Navy game, the under was a lot the entire game and then Navy decided to play and they <laughs> yeah. storm down the field score a touchdown uh, Army turns the ball back over on downs they go they get Navy storms back down the field they don't get the touchdown on fourth and one for, on fourth and goal from the one and then basically there's three seconds left and all Army has to do is you can't take a knee because you're in the end zone that would be a safety you can't run out of the end zone because that would be a safety all you gotta do is just run around for a little bit and throw the ball as hard as you can into the stands. Yep. What yep. does that? what do they do? He runs out runs of the, on back, the back of the, the end, end zone for a safety <laughs> and the twenty eight pushes. Ridiculous. I didn't lose <laughs> so any know, money, but still
2: ridiculous. It was ridiculous. I know some people that took got it at twenty seven and a half and oh. some at twenty eight and a half. So you did well, just pushing on that.
0: I did. Well, the problem is I had the uh, I had the uh, same game parlay going with the first quarter under uh, and the to, under so you for needed the game. Everything I need Well, right. no, I still won because it pushed. So I still won <laughs> money on the first quarter under. So, oh man, but that's that's the that's the joy of gambling. I was locked into Army Navy at the end to make sure this kid didn't run out of the end zone. Exactly what he did
1: was run I, out of the end zone. <laughs>
2: Anyway, just following up, getting ready for the game. Go Bears.
1: All right, thanks Mark. See, Mark, Thanks for the phone call. You know, Mark mentioned uh, in that phone call that uh, he's the only person that doesn't want the Bears to move out of Soldier Field. Do you see this week uh, the different reports on the Tribune and then the Sun-Times? I think Patrick Finley had it on Friday uh, that the Bears are looking into the possibility of being able to build something in the south lot. So a new stadium being built on the lakefront. Is what the Bears at the moment are looking into, doing their due diligence on whether or not that's something that could be accomplished. I know earlier in the week, uh, the the Friends of the Parks pushed back on that idea. Who the the Friends of the Parks? Who are the Friends of the Park? <laughs> People who like trees and squirrels and and park like things. Do they like? Income for the city? Well, I think that they're worried that a new stadium built on top of a a stadium that's only 20 years old uh, will eliminate some grass and some trees on the lakefront. Therefore, their parks will be disrupted. There's parks all over the city. Go to another one. Well, you can't do that. They're going to come after you now. You can't come you can't after be, me. You can't be come tough after guy me. against the parks people. There's a I lot of be. pull in this city. I'm, I'll be tough against
0: the parks people. <laughs> Guess what? I'm enemy of the parks. You're you're an enemy. Of I'm the, an of enemy. The I'm an enemy of anyone that want that doesn't want a a, a sustainable stadium on the lakefront with better access to the stadium, not just one entrance basically in and out of parking lots and two entrances into the stadium. I'm pro a better stadium in Chicago if they can find a way to get it done. Friends of the park. Are you not a friend of Chicago? Are you not? Are you just friends of parks? Go to Milwaukee if you want to be a friend of the parks.
1: Go to the suburbs. There's tons of greenery out there. Patrick Finley has in the Sun-Times the Bears' decision to have a surveyor examine the south lot of Soldier Field, as sources confirmed on Thursday. Uh, The latest instance of uh, the team exploring options for a new stadium outside of Arlington Heights. So I I, I think it brings back this whole conversation, right? When the Bears purchased the property out in Arlington Heights, a lot of people just assumed the stadium would go up there. It seems to me in the last couple months, there's been a lot of effort to figure out whether or not the city of Chicago can make this work with the Bears and, and keep the team in the city, especially on the lakefront, which is interesting because I think if you were looking at the south lot as a possible place for a stadium, I would imagine that the McCormick Place, part of the building that they don't really use anymore, that's over there, like just south of the south lot, Yeah, I would imagine that would have to be torn down, right? Like to probably, make space for it? You'd probably have to tear it down,
0: and then you'd probably tear down Soldier Field. And I don't think you making. can. Why not? I mean, what would the purpose of just tearing that building down be? Why would you have two stadiums next to each other? Two football stadiums well, next to each other. Well, you're going to keep up
1: the colonnade. The columns will stay. Okay. So, so all of that concrete around the, in, the exterior of Soldier Field. So are you suggesting to make good with the, the park friends to uh, remove the stadium from inside... Of the concrete outside. Yeah, have the stadium, have the spaceship fly back to its yeah. planet. <laughs> have it take
0: Poochie back up to its planet. And then turn that into a park? Yeah, why not? That put some trees in there. That wouldn't be a make, terrible idea. Make it idea. an arboretum.
1: Wouldn't that be kind of cool? Yeah, it would be.
0: I'm not a, I'm you not. not a, put, like, paths in I'm there, an, maybe a little pond. I'm not an enemy of parks. I It an, sounds like you no, are. No, no, no. I'm an enemy of the parks, of the friends of the parks. I'm an enemy of the friends of the parks. Because... You, do you not, are you an enemy of Chicago? Do you,
1: not like, do you not like sports teams here? Well, on that plot of land, is that necessarily where a stadium needs to be put? If, the, if you want the Bears to stay in Chicago, maybe. I believe the reporting also suggested that there's a lot called like the 76, which is like Roosevelt and Canal. Uh, just, you know, the Roosevelt collection that's mm-hmm. off of uh, Roosevelt. There's like metro tracks over there and there's like an open space next to the river. Mm-hmm. That pl- That's a big plot of land that's empty. Yeah. No one's using that for anything. Like you you could possibly put a stadium there. And actually, if you put a stadium there, it might be easier to get in and out of. And for like, the- Like the thing to me is like. Sure, perhaps you can build a much nicer stadium if you build up new right there on the lakefront. You're still going to have the same traffic issues. Yeah, see, that's my biggest problem. That's
0: why I think the area over just east or west of that area, like in the uh, South Loop, is, uh, is more viable because it is more accessible to the highways right there. There's trains right there. You can have multiple exits where you can get people to multiple highways right there then putting it on the park. And for those of you saying that they can't uh, in the Twitch chat, that are telling me you can't knock down Soldier Field's historical landmark. It's not anymore.
1: Historical status was withdrawn in 2006. Sorry. But the outside, I think the original Soldier Field is what I think you can't touch. Okay. So don't touch it. Fly, the, sp- fly the spaceship out. I would say this. Your, your idea isn't a bad idea. If it, if it was, the, if the columns, like when you enter the gates around, especially in the south yeah. for Soldier Field, you're entering mm-hmm. the old... Exterior of the building, yeah, and then you walk through into open air. It would be cool to have that open all the time and to be able to walk in yeah. and to have like trees and ponds and all kinds of you know what you could put there, park stuff in there. The Bears Museum,
3: that'd be
0: cool. You can make it like a little outdoor indoor thing, outdoor indoor. You could have your trees, parks, people. God forbid, we'd have trees and places for dogs to pee. What, what do we? Are we gonna, what do you, our, What do you
1: want this city to just be? Concrete the hell's your problem there's parks all over the place there's trees everywhere can you see one tree right now where you're sitting at here yeah, in the, I can. the it's a tree. studio yeah,
0: there's right there it's I, in, the,
1: in the middle well i can't see it well you're facing that way i'm and facing I, this way i don't see a tree over there well that's a problem i see for concrete you. i see lamp poles you see the great chicago theater no tree
0: there's trees alex there's, a little, tree right there. there's a little
1: tree right there by the else by the l entrance we're talking to alex alex you're on espn 1000 what's up alex Hey, what's up, guys? Good morning,
2: happy holidays. What's up? Um, so you guys were talking about the Bears just moving, maybe to the to that South Lot. Actually, in Houston, um, for the Texans, I used to live down there for a little bit. They have the Astrodome, and then yeah. NRG Stadium literally right is like two blocks over. It's, yeah. it's 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 right there. So I think it definitely would make sense. And yeah, just trying to. Whatever, like McCormick is or Knockdown down, or even in Arlington Heights, is build something for the Bears there and just have it like a tourist attraction. I mean, it'd be kind of cool to still have it there. The traffic's awful, but I think there's going to be traffic no matter where you go into sports.
1: Alex, yeah, I, it's a sporting I, uh, event. I went down there to the yeah. NRG Stadium and saw the Final Four. Is the yeah. Astrodome yeah. used for anything? Uh, like state finals and stuff like that. So okay, so good good still they still actively use it for stuff. And the rodeo. The rodeo's down rodeo. there, too. Yeah, so they okay. use it. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, cool. Yep. So, like, theoretically, you could have both, I guess. You could. I, I just so. don't
0: see the point. Like, if it was a – okay, I think the difference is, is if it was, like, a baseball stadium and a football stadium, obviously it's different. Yeah. But to have two football stadiums right next to each other is a little weird. <laughs> yeah, of course it's could weird. Could the Bears use both? Could they use one
1: for outdoor games and one for indoor well, games? ask you, what, what do they do that's not weird? The Bears? This is the whole city. The city, yeah. That's you, why I'm worried. About, like when, that's why I don't understand the friends of the park. When the city makes decisions to do things, when is it not weird? Never. Do it's you never want me to go weird. on a rant about the bike lanes throughout oh, the city? God. Again? We, don't have, we got a break. We don't have time for that. <laughs> because, Save like,
0: that for Bleck and Abdallah. All not, of on that the, is not on the pre-pre game show. None of it. We makes We got sense. people in the in, in the South lot listening to us right now. We got people that are tailgating they around know, the Field. They live in the they're, city. They're doing the beer bongs, they're having mimosas, they're having Bloody Marys, they're taking shots, they're listeners. They don't need to hear your rant about bike lanes. Tune into <laughs> Black and Abdallah weeknight six to eight for that, okay? We don't need that
1: on the Bears pre pregame show here, as we lead you into Sylvie Dion and Lance Briggs. I'll say this. So the story from Patrick Finley in the Sun-Times, could the Bears stay on the lakefront? Team is researching Soldier Field parking lot for a new stadium. It does seem like if you had to give a percentile on whether or not they're going to go to Arlington Heights or go to Chicago for a new stadium, doesn't it kind of seem like we're kind of right there, 50-50 in the middle? Nope. It doesn't. I really? still think you they're still going to Arlington. Think Arlington Heights. I still is a think they're going
0: to Yeah, you know why? Because you can't battle the friends of the park. Yeah, I don't. You can't beat them in a fight. They got all. They're like Aquaman, but for trees. Wouldn't they're it be summoning all the wood, all the wood creatures that are around the city? All the rats. <laughs> all the rats. <laughs> the new home of the Chicago Bears. It's the Game Day Tailgate Show with Black and Abdallah on the new
1: home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. What well, Bears football here on ESPN 1000 today? Bears and Lions week 14 in the NFL. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer will be on the call of the game right here on ESPN Chicago. If you're hanging into the game, you want to listen throughout the game, take the app, the ESPN Chicago app with you. You can listen to the pregame show from 10 to noon and then listen to the game right there on the app while you're in the stadium. It's Blocking Abdallah here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. This week, Cold Kometh, Earlier in the week, I think it was on Monday, talked about the last five games of the season as a possible playoff push for the Chicago Bears. Here's tight end Cole Komet.
4: We finished these five out here, and um, you know, obviously, I'm treating it like we're in playoff mode now. Um, you know, I think five very winnable games here to end the season, and you know, who knows what can happen at nine and eight. And you know, I'm not looking big, big picture, but you know, you take it one week at a time. But um, I think. I think look, there's a lot of a lot of flux at the bottom of the NFC here, you know, especially for that um, seven six spot, and uh, you never know what can happen. But you just got to take it one week at a time, and, and we'll see where it goes.
1: That was the tight end, Cole Komet, Luke Getz, the offensive coordinator, talked about fueling the pressure in the last five weeks of the season.
3: And yeah, uh, I mean, there's no, like I said before, there's no pressure or urgency more than I put on myself uh, that we put on ourselves as a staff to 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 make this the as as good of a unit as possible, and uh, you know, there's there's, prog- there's got to be progress each week, and I feel like there has been. And I think as you continue to look through it, you know, like the last couple games, forty minutes of ball secu- of, of time of possession, thirty-five minutes of ball, uh, time of possession. Those are two really cool things. Like that's that's pretty good execution to be able to have the ball that long. Uh, to be top ten and third down and gold zone, like that's that's pretty good execution that's going on. Now it's not consistent enough, that's for sure. You know where we want to go and what we want to be, but it's about that progress. I and mean, I think you know, coaches mentioned that that that's we got to have that that. Uh you know, There's a patience with it, but there's got to be the, the urgency in the sense that we have to k- keep continuing to grow, and I think that we are, and we, and I, and, uh, we just got to continue on that
1: path. And then the quarterback continued on the last five games of the season, the evaluation process on the quarterback, Justin Fields. Is it fair?
5: Life isn't fair. So, uh, you know, me personally, I'm just focused on what I can control, and, you know, the rest is in God's hands. And, you know, I mean, really you just put – everything in God's hands, you know, it's going to turn out, you know, good for you. So, um, you know, wherever, if I'm here next year, if I'm not, um, you know, you know football doesn't define who I am as a person. Um, my happiness will still be in the same place. will still be in God. Um, and really just football wise life stuff in general. Um, I think my, my faith in God is just my hope in God is just so much more than, you know, anything, uh, that can be thrown at me on this earth. So, um, yeah, I mean that's why I don't I don't really stress over stuff like that over stuff that I can't control. I know that God's got me and um, I'm gonna be good. So um, I'm very blessed in the position I am in, and um, you know uh, I think a million people would love to be in the position I am right now. So um, really just you know um, not taking that for granted and um, just just taking every, each and every moment I have uh, every day up here, you know, uh, to the fullest. So.
1: So, Cole Komet, uh, you hear an opportunity in front of the Chicago Bears. Uh, Luke Getze, I heard him saying that he just treats each and every week as the same. And then Justin Fields, a very humble approach to what he is facing over the next five weeks.
0: Yeah, I think that you can't, you know, to address each of those individually. I'll start with uh, Justin Fields, right? Like, you can't. You can't go in thinking, oh, my God, I have to play well or else I'm off this team. Because then you play tighter. You play, you know, not as as free as you want to. You're second-guessing yourself. You're, you know, maybe he's overanalyzing his progressions like that. Just play just play your game, man. Just play your game. Go out there. Do the best that you can. And whatever happens, happens, right? Like, that's how he's approaching it. That's great. For what Luke Getze said, I, I think that the game plan has worked the last two games, you know? The game plan against the Lions was to run Justin Fields and to attack this defense with his legs. They were winning for 56 minutes of that game. And uh, if the defense doesn't blow the game at the end, we have. And then the next game, they win, but people are mad at Luke Getzey for calling too many screenplays because they didn't see enough from Justin. Right. Ridiculous. Do you? You win games, you'll be here, right? <laughs> if you win, if the Bears win games, they will be here. And to get to Cole Komet. He's right. These are winnable games. The Bears are three-and-a-half-point dogs at home. Very winnable game. I would imagine when they're on the road against Cleveland, depending on the quarterback, it's going to be a backup quarterback regardless. It's going to be whether it's Joe Flacco or whether it's uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson next week. They're still going to be probably a three-point dog, maybe at home, depending. Maybe if they win today, they're actually a, a, a road favorite. You never know. And then the two games against the Cardinals and the Falcons, you're going to be the favorite here at home most likely. And then you're probably going to go on the road and be a dog against the, the Packers in the last game of the season. But these are all winning. He's not wrong. It's not like you're facing the Chiefs and the Eagles and the Bills. and the, like You're you're facing very winnable
1: games here in the next five games. Let's address that. Let's go back. When was the last time the Bears played a game that was not winnable? I think you have to go back five Five games. Chargers. The Chargers game. Yeah. That game started and the game was over. Yeah. They they were not competitive. Sunday night football, embarrassing effort. They were not competitive in that game. Mm-hmm. Okay. Remove the Chargers game or just put a put a little mark next to that game. Continue to go back. Chiefs. You have to go what's that? Ten, that's nine games? Yeah. The twenty September 24th, where all of the the, in the last nine games, theoretically, they were all winnable. Mm -hmm. So he's not wrong, right? Like, it's the Chargers game and then going back to the Chiefs and the Packers game. Mm -hmm. Like, those are the three games you really had no chance at winning. Uh, Tampa Bay, you had the ball under two minutes and your quarterback biffed it away. Mm hmm. With that terrible interception to the lineman, yeah. where it was a screen pass, one of his 4th quarter turnovers. But you were you had an you had a chance to win that Absolutely. game. Fourth quarter, two minutes left, you have the football. You Absolutely. have a chance to win. So I mean, Cole Komet's not wrong. No. I mean, five games ago was the last time they were non-competitive in a matchup. And he's not wrong that you should be thinking about the playoffs at eight wins because a little birdie told us who's in
0: the stadium uh, calling the game today. Adam Amin. Shout out to Adam oh. Amin. Thank you for listening. You might see Hello, an, an in-the-hunt graphic today. Oh, really? You might it's, see
1: one. The graphic is already uh, you might, set. You might see a Bears the broadcast huh?
0: in-the-hunt graphic. All right. I you like it. You might see it. You know, Can't I'm guarantee dull.
1: anything. I'm just saying that you might see the graphic. I'm old enough to remember our shows over the summer, mm-hmm. and all we asked for be was, in the graphic, be in the graphic in early December. Now I don't That's think. All we asked now here's for. the thing, though. Here's the thing.
0: I said I want to see the Kornacki khakis and him <laughs> on NBC giving me NFL election results, where he's sweating. like. If if the Bears win and the Packers lose and if the Lions do this and if the Eagles do this and they do like then that's what I wanted to see but I will take an in the hunt graphic in the middle of December uh, like we will today on this fine December tenth as they head into the uh, the game against the Lions I would like to see an in the hunt graphic I think you're more in the hunt obviously at five wins if you get there but again if Tyler Scott runs through his route. And catches that football. We're talking about a five win team
1: and we're talking about them trying to win their fourth game in a row here. All right, let's do let's do a segment here where we're just completely delusional. All, All right. right, yeah. A Bears delusional segment. Put on those blue okay. and orange glasses. Bears win today 34-14. 14. 34-14? Yeah, we're getting delusional here. 34-14. Is that your final score? Uh, at this second, yes. Okay. Uh, they put it on the Lions. Yeah. The, the fields looks great. Defense looks great. Uh, TJ Edwards gets a pick six, so then we can talk to him about it Woo, tomorrow. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, Scratch Public House will be going nuts for a pick six for the linebacker. Uh, okay, so that takes place. Bears win. They get to five wins. Yeah. Let's do this exercise. Okay. Uh, who do the Saints have the t- today? The Saints have the Panthers. Ew. Okay, that's not great. All right, so the Saints are probably going to win today. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, so yeah. the Saints are going to win. Tampa. Tampa is sitting at five wins. Who does Tampa have today? Tampa has a the uh, Falcons, I believe. a more difficult game, right? It's the Falcons. Falcons yes, yeah. and they're on the road. Okay. Yeah. So maybe you could catch up to the Falcons uh, to Tampa this Tampa, week. yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Seattle's next on the list in the NFC. They're not uh, they're, they're ninth. Geno Smith might road. not be playing today. They're on the road and they face off against the 49ers oh. as a double-digit <laughs> underdog. <laughs> you have a chance to make up ground on Seattle. The Rams are the next team at eight Garbage. in the conference. The Garbage. eighth team in the conference. And the Rams today are on the road as a seven point underdog against the Ravens. Garbage. So you have a chance there to to make up ground on the Rams. Yeah. Green Bay at the moment at six and six holds the final wild card spot, mm. seventh in the NFC. Green Bay today. They are uh, playing Monday night football, the second game. It's a double Monday nighter this week. I know. At the same time. The Packers are on the road against the Giants. I would guess the Packers are going to win. Packers are going to win. And then the other team, another wild card at 6-6, would be the Minnesota Vikings. They're the sixth team in the conference. And the Vikings today uh, have the Raiders. The Vikings are on the road at the Raiders, but they're a favorite in that matchup. They're probably Probably going to win. So, okay. Delusional Bears fans, let's get let's put our heads together. And of course, I know there's three wildcard teams, teams. So you're not catching the third one because uh, that that fifth team in the conference, the Cowboys, they're nine and three. Yeah, you're not catching them. Uh, okay, so this is what what I'm looking at today. If you win, you put it on the Lions. You have a chance to make the final four weeks worthwhile, and you actually could compete with Seattle, Tampa, New Orleans. And the Rams to fight for that final wild card spot. I'm going to get. And the team that holds that final wild card spot is the team you face in the final week of the season. I'm going to get even more delusional. Hmm? You want to go
0: down this route? Okay. Why not? The Browns aren't very. I know they have seven wins, but guess what? They're playing a backup to a backup, and that yeah. backup they, they signed a week ago. And I know Joe Flacco looked fine the last week, but come on. They still lost that game, they've lost two in a row. Okay, you win today. You go on the road. It's not like you're not used to the cold. It's not like you're used to the wind. You're going to go out and you're going to beat the Browns without a quarterback and Miles Garrett playing with half an arm. All right. It's going to be a tougher game. It's probably going to look a lot like the Vikings game did a couple weeks ago. But they still won that game, even though Justin Fields didn't have touchdown. They still won that (laughs) game. All right. Then guess what? Arizona comes here. You know who doesn't like the
1: cold? And they'll travel here too. Oh the, yeah, all
0: right. They will be here, and they don't like the cold coming from out west. And guess what? The Bears, in the last twenty years, in freezing temperatures at home, are twenty-nine and two against the spread. Twenty and nine against the spread in December, January when it's cold. Then guess what? Another cold weather team, another warm weather team that doesn't like the cold comes here. The Atlanta Falcons. You think the Dirty Birds like the cold? They don't. You win that game, too. And then guess what? You've got eight wins, and you're heading in to that final game against the Packers. Bears-Packers. Bears-Packers. Big game. For a wild-card spot. Who'd have thunk, thunk it? rival. Who'd have thunk it? Who'd have thunk that the way the Bears and the Packers played that first week of the season, after starting 0-4, that the Bears would be fighting for a wild-card spot in the last week of the season? The Kornacki Khakis are coming out, Chris, after that win against the Falcons after you've won Four in a row. It'll be five in a row because you beat the Vikings. So it'll be four, five in a row. What? Heading into that final game, you know, just follow me here. All right. I am starting, start, starting to get lightheaded. Yeah,
1: yeah, right? you, you look like you're starting, <laughs>
0: starting to, to get lightheaded. To all fade right. There. All right. All I'm saying is bear the f down. They're winning today.
4: The Chicago Bears pregame. Pregame.
1: It's the game day tailgate show. with Fleck and up Down on the new home of the Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago. ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. Today at noon, you'll hear Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer with the call of the Bears game. Bears and Lions Week 14 on Friday. Black and Dalton, we filled in for Waddle and Sylvie, and Tom Thayer joined us, and we asked him, are you excited for today's game?
4: I am. You know, a lot of the same thing you guys said. I think this game has a lot to prove, and if the Bears, um, you know, looking into the future... If they ultimately want to compete for a playoff position, you have to be able to win games in your division. And they should have won in Detroit. They went on to win in Minnesota. And now, Detroit coming to Chicago, they have to prove a point and go out there and beat them. So, um, like you guys, I I look for the divisional games to win, but I'd like for them to win the rest of them. And, um, you know, I, I think we'll see what happens in Cleveland because they have a good defense. And that's going back to the scene of the crime of Justin's first start, and uh, mm-hmm. it was a, it was a pretty brutal game.
1: Tom, you were with us a couple of weeks ago, filling in on uh, Bears night in Chicago, and you, this was leading into the first Lions game this season. You 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 felt something. You said that. You know, this team is going to show up. They're going to play well. Do you have those same vibes for the Chicago Bears as they head into uh, this situation where they, they blew that lead late against the Lions? They showed up. They played good football. They just didn't get the victory. And now this is kind of like a revenge situation for the Bears? Um
4: yeah, I, I I still I feel confident. Um, I think the Bears have made significant improvement in their uh, pass rush uh, ability. And you had Jared, you know, you have Jared Goff. He's you know the only guy he's thrown a pass for them. Uh, I think he's got like 28 rushing attempts for 21 yards. So it shows you he doesn't have great escape ability and um, they were able to get close enough to him to create pressure on him where he threw some interceptions at home, which he rarely does. But um, I, I would like to see the defensive performance even increased and, and be better down the stretch. Just like on the offensive side of the ball, I'd like to see a better performance by the offense, and if it is tight late in the game, I'd like to see the Bears – go out and show out that they can earn or sustain or maintain an opportunity to win a game late in the game.
0: When it comes to Justin Fields, like the last two games, people haven't been happy with either outcome, right? Like, you can find people that are like, oh, well, you know, he ran for over 100 yards against the Lions in the first game. They lost. The passing yards weren't there, but they were in the game, so they weren't happy that Justin Fields didn't throw the ball a lot. Then, against the Vikings, they threw a bunch of screen passes, and people were mad about that, but they won the game. Like, it, it's, it's weird to try to find that line between winning a game and also having Justin Fields play, you know, kind of show what he can do, because... This team is still trying to win games. Is it more important to have the team win games no matter what the game plan is or to show that Justin can be the quarterback for the foreseeable future?
4: Well, you know, I think if you look at the Minnesota game specifically, you have to look at the first time around. The Bears were sacked five times. They only threw the ball for 113 yards. Uh, their de- Brian Flores, the defensive coordinator, was able to take advantage of an offensive line that was um, – still trying to develop chemistry and, uh, you know, solid pass blocking sustainability at, ho- at you know, when they, they played in Chicago. So I think they went to do the thinking process early. Of, Let's get the ball out of Justin's hands. Let's try to uh, get it into the hands of playmakers on the edge and turn defensive backs into tacklers. And so, you know, they were able to do that a little bit. And, you know, the first play of the game was a screen to Cole commit and th- So, you know, I still think that if you're going to look at a quarterback and you're going to evaluate his value for the future, you want to see how he does throw the ball down the field. However, I don't think you wanted to go into Minnesota and make yourself susceptible to having sustained protection for however much time you needed, and then all of a sudden you get sacked the first couple series. And um, I, I do think that the original scripted plays they had at the beginning of the game were efficiently run and they were able to move the ball down the field. But I think whenever you're looking at a quarterback, ultimately it's going to be how efficient you are getting the ball down the field. And so now second time around against Detroit, and you you, you went on the road and it was a really hostile environment. The first drive of the game, you went down there and scored. You said, wow, this could be a showcase for what the Bears possibly can be. And then in the last couple drives, they struggled. But I think it was as much coaching decision to calls as it was Justin's fault. or not as faults, but inefficiencies. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Bears um, come out. Are they going to be able to control the offense again for forty minutes and walk away with a win? Because if they can do that, I, I think they're going to show, you know, improve significant improvement within a couple weeks span.
1: Tom, when you look at the offensive line, uh, what do you think that they're doing the best right now? And and what do you make of their ability to kind of improve over the course of this season?
4: You know, they they finally have pieces in place and when you talk about Nate Davis and Darnell Wright working together, I think it's really has an opportunity to be a good powerful side. I you know, they're I think they're averaging at or near a little bit over five yards of carry to the right. I think Tevin Jenkins is playing really well and he's shown a lot of power and good instincts at the guard position and you know hopefully he can develop a relationship uh, with Braxton Jones that continues to develop to me Braxton is a type of player throughout his career he's always going to have to work on strength and live in the weight room in the off season and try to become a stronger player that can use his uh, blessed length along with strength and I think it'll help the two of them be uh, better and then a little bit more consistency with the snap and uh, Lucas Patrick. And um, so, you know, these five guys can stay together for the remainder of the season. I think you can have a little bit more development with the running game, with a variety of pass per partake- Protections and maybe even expand a little bit what Justin can do for you, whether it's design quarterback runs with an extra blocker in there, Roshan Johnson. He's a good blocker, he's a good runner, and he catches the ball well. So he can do a little bit of everything. I like to see him get Robert Tunyon a little bit more involved in the passing game. So it's just not all um, uh, Cole Komet because if you look at the rep breakdown, Cole Komet has right under 700 reps. And uh, Robert Tanyan and Mercedes Lewis, they have just under and just over 200 reps. And so, you know, I I don't want to see, you know, Cole Komet worn out within the first two years of a new contract. And so, yeah, if you get an offensive line that could do a little bit of everything together and then include Justin's athleticism, I, I do think there's still a couple more things to explore on, on this offense because of Justin's um, athleticism.
0: You mentioned him a little bit, but when we talk about needs for the Bears in the offseason, some people bring up left tackle and Braxton Jones. Do you think that he's someone that can, can develop into a franchise left tackle, or do you think the Bears will be looking for another one in the draft?
4: Uh, you know, you're always looking for good offensive linemen, and if you uh, if Ryan Poles has the opportunity along with his scouting uh department go out there and identify a guy that can come in here and either compete immediately for a starting job or put pressure on Braxton Jones to develop and be better or you know we're going to have to look um, you know in a different direction to try to make the position better I think that's what haunts every guy that's in a starting role as soon as you sit there on draft day and you watch the draft just like I did and all of a sudden boom they pick a guy at your position you know, the, the 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 warning shot has been fired. And I like Braxton. He's a super intelligent guy. He's durable. The game's important to him. He wants to be as good as he can possibly be. But it's going to take offseason commitment in order to show me significant signs that he is invested in the weight room. That if you're going to be... You know, six, six or whatever he is, and at three hundred or over three hundred pounds, I need to see you have some weight room accomplishment that transfers to the field. And um, so, I, I wish I was privy to watch these guys lift weights more to impress me. But you know, I think you can see signs on that on the field. And you know, there's a couple times in the last Detroit game that he did get bull rushed and got pushed into the throwing space of the quarterback and that's something that he's always been susceptible to you can't make a living having that susceptibility as an offensive lineman so it's something that he has to improve in both in strength and bendability
0: i feel like we need that i feel like you would be a great uh weightlifting coach yeah. For the band. I mean, could you just come to us? Could you yeah. just take Chris and I to the gym and like coach Love. us up on weights and stuff? There should be Love here to. at the station <laughs> and coach all of us yeah. up. I, like, I, we I could just get a weight room it. in yeah. one of these rooms we have here and you could just coach us all up here at ESPN Chicago on lifting weights.
4: Right. Let's do it. We'll, you know, I got, I got some weights. I could throw them in the back of my car and, you know, get up there and, you know, drive you guys like the great. I don't, you guys are too young to see the movie The Great Santini, but. Uh, You'd, you'd have to go back and watch it <laughs> That'd be awesome We're
1: with you. We're with you. You know, uh, DJ Moore this year, I think he's lived up to what I think Bears fans had expect expectations for him heading into the season. He definitely did for me. I would like to see a little bit more uh, as far as more in the game plan in all of these games. But the one player that it's been confusing is Darnell Mooney. He only has 25 receptions on this season. How do the Bears work Mooney more into the offensive mix?
4: You know, you just have to have um... – plays that he's the number one option, and maybe DJ is number two. I'm with you, though. I love DJ more. I like everything he's been able to do. I'd like to see more targets for him. But to me, I think Darnell Wright is the most creative runner with the ball in, in his hands. So if if it is those uh, you know, lateral screens or if it's slant routes that the ball's coming to him as soon as Justin hits his back step, I would like to see that as well as you guys you know because I really like Darnell Mooney and he's another guy that the game is super important to him and I think he's good for the locker room he has great work ethic he's willing to he's got the courage to go across the middle and some of the biggest of throws and including the the last catch he had to make in the Carolina game um, so I, I like everything Darnell Mooney offers a team I love his creativity running the ball so um, if you're gonna, you know, down the line here, if you're gonna try to distribute the ball more evenly, and sometimes too, that's just in the eyes of the quarterback. You know, the play is called, and he is the number one option. But if you don't have confidence in throwing into small windows or, you know, tight coverage, then you know, it, you know, it's uh, it's just something that the quarterback has to grow confidence in himself so he will make those throws
1: and it's it's a little surprising right because like last year Mooney was the go-to guy he was like essentially the only receiver it felt like Justin Fields trusted and now DJ Moore is here and obviously I I think we would agree DJ Moore is a better receiver and it seems like the rapport with Moore is better but I'm just surprised watching that It, it feels like it's fallen off a little with Mooney in these games
4: yeah, me too. You know, I don't know if it's recovery from an injury, did you miss a uh, significant amount of time in OTAs or training camp? Are you trying to develop a relationship with DJ Moore because he's newly brought aboard? It's all all of those dynamics. However, I do still think some of that responsibility falls onto the eyes and the arm and the confidence of the quarterback because sometimes if the number one defensive back of an opponent is going to try to take D.J. Moore out of the game, which is difficult to do, I think D.J. Moore still finds a way to get open and he makes fantastic catches and he's a super difficult tackle. But I do think that when you go through your rotation of responsibility one to two to three, I still I think there could be more opportunities for Darnell uh, in the passing game.
0: When you look at Justin Fields uh, coming back from the injury after a month off, he's played two games. And, you know, we kind of went through his stats and yet he did miss a month worth of games with four games there. And you know, just going through his stats and his improvement from this year to, to last year, right? The from last year to this year, his completion percentage is up. His sacks are down. The touchdowns might he might have more depending on how the next five games go, and he might have less interceptions depending on how the next five games go. What have you seen from him as a quarterback that has changed from last year to this
4: year? You know, he's a, he's um, he's willing to expand time behind the line of scrimmage, and not necessarily eject the pocket immediately, but still keep his eyes downfield. Sometimes uh, there's a a little curious because sometimes there's open receivers downfield that he misses that you would like to see him hit at his last drop step and get the ball out of his hands. However, when you think of the uh, play that he stepped up inside the pocket and hit D.J. Moore for the touchdown or you see a couple of other plays that he's able to get outside the pocket, keeping his eyes downfield. DJ Moore for the big first down they needed late in the game in Minnesota. All those plays are super exciting. And I do think Justin is still super young in his career. If he goes through another you know, 1,000 to 1,500 reps in practice, then you're gonna. He, I think he'll start developing the confidence and the instincts that we see in in other quarterbacks who are around or in a system for a couple of years. And even if you you know take Jordan Love for example, here's a guy that's been able to sit behind sit in meetings and sit in practices behind one of the best quarterbacks in the history of the league. And then you start playing um, because they they you to be ready you know Justin never had that luxury he came in here and he was behind Andy Dalton and then all of a sudden in a system that may be a little bit inefficient for him it was more designed around Dalton and then Justin is you know thrust into the position you don't have that time for growth and other positions can do it but it's really difficult for the quarterback to go in there and you know have immediate set a success in Stroud He's an anomaly in most cases, but, you know, it can be done. But other guys, maybe it's, it's a couple years of experience before they start scratching the surface of what they're capable of.
1: That was Jeff Joni- uh, Tom Thayer. You'll hear him with Jeff Joniak coming up today at noon with the kickoff Bears and Lions right here on ESPN 1000. We'll continue to get ready for Bears and Lions on the lakefront next. The new home of the Bears. It's the Game
0: Day Tailgate Show with Lincoln Abdullah on the new home of the Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago
1: we're five minutes away from the network pregame show. Sylvie, Lance, and Dion inside Gato, South Lodge, Soldier Field. You enter the stadium, stop on by at the stage, say hello, get ready to watch some Bears football. Bears and Lions today. You'll hear Tom Theron and Jeff Joniak on the call of the game right here on ESPN Chicago. All right, Abdallah, here we go. Bears, Lions, who you, have, who you got? Well, what you got get here? Sylvie
0: to do a beer bong when you see him. Yes. Still haven't had that yet. There's only a few home games left, guys. Uh, I have the Bears winning. I have the Bears winning a close game still. 27-24, uh, to 24, Bears and the over. 27-24,
1: Bears and the over. Okay. I can lock, it, lock it in. Yeah. I got 34-31, Bears. Over. Over. High scoring. <laughs> That's a lot of points. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Let's go for it. Uh, Black and Doll here on ESPN 1000. W- here's what I want. From the start, push forward. Yeah. I want the offensive line creating holes for the run game and to protect. I don't want the side-to-side nonsense we saw against the Vikings. None of that stuff. The bubble screens, the slow-developing plays behind the line of scrimmage. I want things pushing forward. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's what I want, and I think the defense shows up today. Even though you give up 31 points, I think they're going to play well when you need it. And so I have the Bears winning by three. Sean uh, Granny and uh, Jack McGrath producing today's show, Black and Abdallah. Tomorrow night, Bears night in Chicago from 6 to 8, right here on ESPN 1000. We'll be with TJ Edwards. It's presented by Miller Lite. We'll be at Scratch Public House in Forest Park. So come on out tomorrow night, two hours, Black and Abdallah, 6 to 8, Bears night in Chicago, right here on ESPN 1000. I can't wait to talk about his pick six. Yeah, let's, let's, (laughs) let's get a house call, a pick six. For T.J. Edwards, I mean, he leads the league in
0: tackles. Like he's playing insanely well after they win today. A pick six for him would be great, and uh, yeah, it'll be awesome hanging out with T.J. Edwards tomorrow night. Come hang out.
1: And Abdal has said this is the most important game of the season for the Chicago Bears.
0: It is, I think, for the coaching staff for the way they're coming off a bye, try to win two in a row, two in a row against a division. Justin Fields has been playing better since he's come back from injury. Like this is a very important game. This game starts the push.
1: To being in the hunt and trying to make something out of this season. Bears-Lions Week 14 in the NFL on the lakefront. Up next, the pregame show. Sylvie, Lance, and Dion.
4: ESPN Chicago. Chicago.